Apple, you one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday. Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, a tad mysterious, the identity of five fabulous funnel-mouthed tadpoles in the streams and forests of Vietnam. Your teacher is Dr Jody Rowley, who's the curator of amphibian and reptile conservation biology at the Australian Museum. Jody, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Now, this is an interesting thing. The tadpoles of some frog species remain unknown to science years after the adult frog has been discovered and named and studied. Yeah, definitely. So tadpoles are actually usually easier to find, but there's not as many people that study them and really get into them. And they can be really, really tricky to identify, to figure out what it turns into. So back in the day, you used to have to get the tadpoles like we do as a kid, raise them up and see what they turned into. And that was the only way of figuring out what tadpole turned into what frog. Uh, But now with the advent of genetic analysis, we can actually just take a little swab or a little bit of the tail of these tadpoles, sequence them and match them to their to the adults, which is a lot easier because there are a lot of tadpoles that live in places that, you know, fast flowing rainforest streams that would not actually do well in a bucket. Okay, well, take us to one of those fast moving jungle streams. You went to Vietnam. Yeah, so I've been working in Vietnam, very lucky to, to work there for about 10 years. And one of the places that we've been focusing on the last few is the Hoang Lien Mountains in northern Vietnam, along the sort of border with China. And these mountains rise up to over 3,000 metres. And so when I'm working at the very top, actually, I'm terrible with elevation. And so I, I sort of feel a bit dopey the whole time, a bit of a headache. And it's really steep and really cold. And, you know, it's not what you imagine when people think you're going to Vietnam. You know, I've got thermal underwear and a a four-season sleeping bag and I'm going to be wet most of the time up this mountain. Um, And we're actually searching for these really rare and threatened frog species. And one of the best ways to figure out where they're distributed is not by the adults, because adults can be really tricky to find, but tadpoles can be a year or more living in these streams before they turn into adults. So we were really interested to try and see if we could survey for frogs by surveying for tadpoles, but of course we needed to figure out what the tadpoles were first. Hmm. Now, as the Australian Defence Force, among others, realised in the 1960s and 70s, this is very dense jungle, isn't it? Oh, it, it is incredibly dense in places and really rugged. And, you know, 10 years ago, I think I was a lot less scared of heights than I am now. It seems I'm much more wobbly. <laughs> and and so it is kind of terrifying climbing up these steep waterfalls. You know, imagine these, the sort of mountains that you see in those beautiful Chinese illustrations, these really jagged, rocky sort of mountains poking out, you know, seemingly endless, very, very steep, um, very cold, very wet, freezing and, and snowing in the middle of summer. Thankfully that we don't sorry, in the middle of winter. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we tend to work in summer, but yeah, really rugged. Mm. Now, before we get to these particular Vietnamese frogs and their, you know, their tadpoles, let's talk about frogs and tadpoles more generally. They have the most diverse and fascinating ways of reproducing, don't they? Yeah, you're right. So I guess most frog species do what you learn at school. And that is they they call, they find each other, they leave eggs in water, whether it's ponds or stream, and then they leave them alone. And then they turn into to little frogs and, and hop away. Of course, a lot of them end up as food in other things' bellies. Um, and 
That's true that most of the sort of roughly 7,000 species of frog do that, but there are some crazy examples of frogs that don't do that. So there are some male frogs in Vietnam, for example, that build little nests. They push the little mud around with their nose, build a little nest and, and look after their babies, defending them from anything that might want to eat them. And in, in Australia, we had two species of gastric brooding frog. Unfortunately, they're now extinct, but what they used to do is actually gobble up their eggs, turn their sort of stomach juices off and raise their babies in their stomach so the little eggs would turn into little tadpoles and then little frogs and then they'd open their mouths and the little baby frogs would hop out as well. So there's just there's some crazy examples. And so so in birth, South America, birth, frogs, is, birth is a matter of vomiting, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and in South America, there's frogs that actually have them in their little vocal sacs, so the things that they tend to puff up. They put their eggs in there instead to protect them. So it's really cute. Hmm. Now we come to the giant horned frog. This was the one you were interested in in Vietnam. Yeah, so horned frogs are these, I guess, different sizes from about two centimetres up into uh, 10 centimetres or more in body length. They're called horned frogs because they tend to have, instead of uh, eyelashes, they have one spike on their upper eye. So they're sort of called, called horned frogs. Uh, and so we were after trying to figure out, can we survey for these threatened and rare frogs by looking for their tadpoles? And their tadpoles are incredibly unusual. Mm. Do they, can you, this might sound like a stupid question, but just as you can sometimes see the, the uh, you can tell what a baby looked like from seeing the adult later on, can you tell what, a ta- what tadpole relates to what frog by some physical appearance? Well, we could tell what a horn frog tadpole was, but not which species it belonged to. So there's probably about a dozen species of horn frog known from these rugged mountains. But when we can see these crazy tadpoles, so horn frogs have tadpoles that they don't sort of rasp at, at vegetation or, you know, algae with their mouth, mouths like sort of normal tadpoles. They actually have these funnel-shaped kind of Salvador Dali moustaches that are wider than their head, a little bit like sombreros maybe, but it's actually their mouths. And they, instead of getting their food from the bottom of of the water, they actually skim the surface of the water and suck in tiny little particles like pollen that float on the surface. So they're incredibly distinctive in that they are horned frog tadpoles. Nothing looks quite like that in the stream. There's a lot of other more normal looking tadpoles. Um, But there was a lot of variation and we didn't know if the one with the slightly curved funnel shaped thing turned into this frog or the one with spots turned into the other frog. Okay, but uh, hence you no longer do you have to just get the tadpole and wait. You can use DNA. Yeah, so there is a little bit of waiting. So we took the little DNA samples and then we analysed them back at the Australian Museum and then we matched them to samples from adults. And so it's just a, it's basically a game of snap. When you get two, two genetic sequences that were identical, we knew that that tadpole then belonged to that adult. And then the sort of really laborious process of describing these tiny tadpoles in detail so that when we go back and when others want to survey for these frogs, they can then identify what they're seeing. They don't have to find the adult. They can just survey in the streams. And so we can figure out where these amazing amphibians are uh, and hopefully do a lot more to help save them. Okay. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? The conservation task becomes easier because you've just got a lot more data about where the animal population is. Yeah, and some of these places we actually only know frogs from a tadpole. So we find tadpoles and and maybe the frog's 20 metres up in the tree. Maybe it only comes out once a year. And because tadpoles hang out in the water for sort of a long amount of time, it's actually a lot easier if 
you know what the tadpole is to actually survey for tadpoles. Mm. Now, of course, this is collaborative field work, working with uh, with the local people. What was it like to to, to share your knowledge with uh, with their knowledge? Well, it's fantastic two way knowledge. You know, um, I have been working in these forests for a while, but we go to different places, and then each place that we go to has you know different kinds of vegetation, different kinds of frogs, and so I'm I can share my scientific knowledge and the techniques that we've learned, and you know that we can do this DNA sequencing, and and we can record the frog calls, and we can figure out where they are and how they're doing. Uh, but I learn a lot from my local colleagues as well, um, and we often work with people uh, that actually live right near the forests, and so have an intimate knowledge of where to find the frogs. So they're also much much better at finding the frogs than me. I may be a frog biologist, but um, yeah, not as not as good as these guys in in finding frogs. I bet they're not as good at as doing the call as you are, Jody. <laughs> Your legendary <laughs> ability. What what does what does the giant horned frog generally sound like? Uh, they kind of have a bit of a barking noise. So they live in really fast flowing streams. And so they probably have to have a call that cuts above it, you know, that so that the females can hear them call. So a little bit like a barking, like what, 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 what. <laughs> <laughs> and the, tab- the tadpoles make no sound at all, I take it. Not that we know of, actually, um, although we haven't done a lot of underwater recordings. So who knows? That's the next bit of science, maybe from the forests of Vietnam. Thank you so much for taking us there. Thank you. There you go, a trip to the fast-moving streams of Vietnam on the search for some elusive tadpoles now identified for science for the first time. Dr Jody Rowley is the Curator of Amphibian and Reptile Conservation Biology at the Australian Museum. You can listen back to her lesson, of course, online, abc.net.au slash sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. While you're there, why not subscribe to Thank God It's Friday as well. They're the two regular weekly podcasts from Drive. Next week, what is extinction and how do we measure it with Richard Kingsford, Professor of Environmental Science at the University of New South Wales. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday next week.